praise the Lord. Just a couple technical difficulties this evening. Why don't we stand to our feet? Thank the Lord for this evening. Thank you for this day. Let's return to give Him thanks. God, we thank you. We praise your holy name. You're so worthy, so wonderful, so marvelous, God. We thank you, Lord, for giving us another hope, another day. Your blessings, oh God. Your favor, Lord. Your presence. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We thank you, God. We lift up our voice tonight with gratitude. Oh, if it had not been for you, God. If it had not been for your presence, Lord, if it had not been for your strength, where would we be? Thank you, Lord, for giving us another, another evening of fellowship to spend worshiping you, drawing nigh to you, God, as you meet us in our efforts to bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to see all of you tonight. We're going to worship the Lord for a little bit. If you'd like to give your offering to the Lord, um, now is the time for that. But we're going to give him more than that. We're going to magnify his name and exalt his wonderful name. Amen. Let's, let's lift him up. Would you lift your hands all over this house? God, we worship you tonight. Oh, you're good and you're faithful, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God.
Just magnify that name. Oh, the precious name of Jesus. Oh, the precious name of Jesus. Oh, the precious name of Jesus. There is no other name. There is no other name. There is no other name. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus, Jesus, the greatest name this world will ever hear. The name of Jesus. Oh, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful tonight to know him and to have a desire inside of me that wants to know him more. When I read his word, I'm inspired to want to know him more. I'm encouraged to want to know him more, but what I must do is consecrate myself to want to know him more. I want to know you more, Jesus. While this world may know about you, I want to know you. I want to know you. Not just in the power of your resurrection. but in the fellowship of your suffering. Oh, I don't want the power only. I must be willing to suffer with him, to fellowship. is good. And y'all may be seated. Just tell you a quick little story. Sunday was such a wonderful, powerful Monday morning, I go to work and I get into the bucket truck because we have a we have a job that requires the bucket truck. So I have my helper with me, which he's not 
really just a helper. He's a, an electrician, journeyman electrician, but he's new to Elliot, so they uh, they threw him with me to help me out, and it's that uh, it's that young man that I've mentioned before, um, the Ukrainian Pentecostal. His name is David. He's a good guy. Had some really good conversations with him. We're talking about Sunday, and he asked how church is, like he does. How was church? Well, it was amazing. And then he said he went and visited a church, and uh, and he said it was just different. Worship was different. It was there was a there was a lot of intense praise and worship, and people were really just going after the Lord. And I said, "It sounds like our church." And he he said something that just caught me off guard. Uh, he said. He was talking just about in this, from his own perspective, his own personal life. He was like, why do we quench the spirit? I said, that's interesting that you should say that because that was, that was the message that I preached on Sunday. He's like, wow. He said, amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> but I, I believe it's not just something that we're experiencing or feeling or sensing right now. But I, I believe there are a lot of people across even uh, language barriers and, and, and in different uh, cultural backgrounds that are finding that there is something missing in their, in their worship and their service to the Lord that doesn't match up with what the Bible declares to us is available there's something missing. And um, I believe that the Lord gave us a taste of what could happen if we got radical in our gatherings. I believe that we have been, we have been pushing and we've been, we've been digging and praying and, and God has been revealing and doing mighty things. And I just believe that, that there are still uh, greater days ahead of us. And there is still opportunity before us. And I, I believe God wants to do something in this hour that we have never been a part of, never seen for ourselves. And all we've done is heard about it from other, from other ministers. And I'm so thankful for Brother Bourne. And uh, I, I believe that he came here for a purpose. And, and I agree I agree with what has been said that he was here to release some things. He was here for impartation. In fact, he read a passage, he read several passages from, from the scripture in Judges chapter 5 and didn't even preach from Judges 5. He even mentioned it after he left. He said, you know what, I didn't even get to really say anything about the... Because apparently... What he was here to do was not to preach that word, but to release a word. And I believe there were things that were caught. And I believe that we are in this moment where I'm still, I'm still fascinated with what happened on Sunday. But I don't want to linger in what happened Sunday. I want to push forward with what I know God has done and what God has released and I want to I want to step into tomorrow with that expectation to to do something for the Lord and for the Lord to get some kind of glory out of whatever it is and so 
for a few moments tonight, if you'll let me just kind of grab what was from left over from Sunday and, and give you this word tonight. Release what you have. Brother Robinette spoke of the impact that his pastor had on him. and uh, Maybe you have heard of him. But he, his pastor is uh, William Nix. And that's what he was writing about in his book. He, uh, he wrote of many things of his pastor and how his pastor had a tremendous impact in his life. I don't know if that's his... Um, if it's just him reaching into his past and talking about what his pastor did for him early on into his ministry. But one of the things that he said to him was, if we give God our best, we can be certain that God will give us his best because God will not be a debtor to any man. I know this to be true. Every time I give it my all, I always feel overwhelmed by his presence. And the opposite is the same. When I don't give him my all, I am underwhelmed by what I receive. It's not God's fault. I get back what I put in. But let's... let's Let's take that apart for a moment here. Because it never really seems to be equal. He always shows up with more than what I give him. He knows our limitations and there is no way for us to give equal parts when we both bring our best. When I show up with my best, there is still more that I can thank Him for and praise Him for. But when He shows up with His best, I feel like I'm going to burst wide open. I feel like I'm just going to lose control. I'm going to be consumed with the fire and combust. If I show up with my best, He will too. James chapter 4, verse 8. Read, read this to you in the English Standard Version when Brother Troy gets that up there. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Why, why is it that we, that we take the time in our services And invite people to take that step. Is it because we want to point them out and point a finger at them and say, Oh, look at the sinner coming down the aisle. It's because we want to encourage you to draw nigh to the Lord. Because when you step out, He steps out. When you step up, He's already there. He's already there. Listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1 says. I love this passage, but there are some, some pretty, some pretty uh, harsh warnings in here. Verse 1 says, And it shall come to pass, 
And, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to break this up into A and B. There's going to be a A and then there's going to be a B. And the A is, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that, here it is, B, the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. If we do our best to listen and obey the voice of the Lord, he will do his best to set us on high above the nations of the earth. If I release, so will he. If I move, so will he. If I build him a house of prayer and praise, he will fill it. When you come in here and build the Lord a house of prayer and praise, he will fill it. He will fill it. His glory will descend on you and you will fill his presence and you will be overwhelmed by his presence but if you build nothing you will be left underwhelmed when you see others experiencing what they have built and if I can build him a house of prayer and praise he will fill it and if I dance in that house so will he When you dance to the Lord, you're not dancing by yourself. He's here. He's in your worship. He's in your praise. He's in everything that you offer to Him. You're not doing it to Him. You're doing it with Him. You're you're praising with Him. He's there with you, inhabiting your praises. If I dance in that house, so will He. If I step into the unknown, he's already there. It's not unknown to him. He knows all things. He knows all things. If I mess up, fall short, miss the mark, disobey him. If I return, humble myself and pray, he will hear me. There's a lot of things that the Lord will do if we step out, if we will start, if we will move, if we will show up, if we will listen, if we will in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, and here's another one of those A, A and B situations in this passage, A. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, be. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What if we only looked at the last part of this passage, what we have called B, without considering the first part, what we called A? It would be disappointing to ask God for something and not get a response. Do you think people ask God for forgiveness and healing without getting a response?
There are moments in our life that we are waiting for God to show up when He has been waiting for us to show up. If you move, I'll move. If you humble yourself, I'll hear. If you pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, I'll release. If we want God to release, we've got to be willing to do the first part of the passage. We've got to be willing to humble ourselves. If you pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, I'll release. And he will hear us when we return to that place of submission. It's so easy for us to step out of that place of submission. And and all of a sudden we are now experiencing these curses that seem to have come into our life. Well, that's what Deuteronomy 28 talks about. If we fail, if we fail to obey his voice, uh, if we step out of submission, what will happen is all the blessings that he's poured into our life will now become curses. That's why sometimes people who, who come into the church only for the blessings, they, they end up and, and leave and never really commit to God or submit to him. They, they, they get further and further away from where they were when they came to the church. Listen, I can come back. You can come back. And when we surrender, guess what he will do? He will restore. If I can just come back and submit one more time, you know what he's going to do? He's going to come to me and he's going to restore because he said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, if they'll come to an altar and surrender and they'll pray with the intention of turning from their wicked ways, I'm going to hear them and I'm going to release healing. And forgiveness into their life. It does not matter what they did the night before. It does not matter what they did hours before their arrival. If they will humble themselves in the house of God. And pray that God will restore. What if I sin? What if I make a mess because of my sin? How many of us have made messes in our life? Sometimes it's pretty easy to make a mess. How many times has the Lord taken us back? You wonder sometimes when you come back, you're like, is there still, is there any mercy or grace left for me? I know there are people out there who consider themselves to be the worst sinners alive and they're afraid to ever come into the church because they think it might burn to the ground because of their presence. But listen, they don't understand the mercy of God. They don't understand the grace of God. They don't understand His goodness because the minute they meet Him, they'll feel that godly sorrow. Oh, the goodness of God would produce godly sorrow that would lead a person to repentance and then restoration. Oh, because of the goodness of God. But what... What if we sin? What if we make messes because of our sin? 
let me just say this. Our response to our sin determines where we end up. Look at Judas. Look at Peter. Judas recognized he betrayed Jesus and he he felt guilt from that. But his remorse led him to his end by his own hands. It was guilt, not the goodness of God. Peter wept bitterly. He was broken. He denied the one he said he would die for. But inside there was still a longing to see Jesus. And to hear the report of he's not in the tomb. and Oh, and he'd get up to run to find. Where are you, Jesus? I know that I messed up, God. But there's something inside of me that longs to hear your voice again. Longs to see you again. Lord, I'm not going to let go. Maybe it was the prayer. Of his faith not to fail. Jesus pray. For my faith. To not fail me. I've got to hold on. Peter experienced the goodness of God. Because he was broken for his sins. While Judas gave the money back. Because of his guilty conscience. And then selfishly took his own life. One writer said, maybe Judas's mind was so twisted, he thought by dying he could atone for his own sin. It's better off without him, Lord. Maybe somehow, by me recognizing how wrong I've been, that I can, that I can somehow find grace. The truth is, Peter surrendered all of his hang-ups and Jesus restored him. Not only did Jesus restore him, he gave him power to release. It was after his great failure that he played a significant role in one of the most famous miracles. And we talked about this on Sunday in Acts chapter 3 verse 6. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. After Peter's great error, he repented and he yielded. He yielded his life to become an instrument, uh, uh, an instrument of righteousness in the hand of Almighty God. And we see what God will do with those instruments. He will use them to do mighty things even after they've messed up. Peter released what he had think about this what do you what do you think peter had he didn't have 20 years of holy ghost living did he this was shortly after the day of pentecost a, a newly a newly empowered pentecostal and sometimes 
uh, they can, they can, their zeal can get the better of them, can't it? But what he had, he was willing to release. Brother Robinette spoke of a time that Sister Vesta Mangan preached about the power of prayer. He said impartation filled the atmosphere and the entire church was laying all over the floor lost in intercessory prayer. He also wrote after an especially powerful service at, an, at the Ethiopian crusade, the crusade uh, team returned to our hotel. It wasn't much of a hotel. As we walked up the stairs to our rooms, Brother Billy Cole shouted out, Brother Robinette, you will preach and speak the word of faith at the youth crusade tonight. He said, someone else can do it, but God chose you. You won't need a sermon anyhow. Grab your Bible and go to the crusade. When you walk to the pulpit, God will give you the scripture to read to the crowd, and then you will speak the word of faith the way that you saw it today, and it will work. I'm so thankful for men of God who will release people to release what God has put in them. The the empowerment of a leader to release another individual to operate in the Holy Ghost. Billy Cole could have done it. He could have had somebody else do it. Like he said, somebody else could do it, but God chose you. And so I'm going to release you to speak that word. You're going to go and release it. Because the truth is we must be willing to release what we have. And if we can receive something, we can release something. If you can receive something, brother or sister, you can release something. If you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can release something. And it's God working in you. We were talking about this the other day. We sometimes quote the scripture in, in part when we, when we say that, that he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And then we sometimes will leave off that part according to the power that works in us. So maybe what's the abundance that needs to Maybe the abundance that God wants to do, He wants to release it through you. According to the power that works in you. If the power of God is working through you, then maybe the Lord wants to release abundant greatness through your life. Miraculous power. Peter said, such as I have. Such as I have. Everybody got the Holy Ghost in here? We're all in house, right? I'd say most of us got the Holy Ghost. And if you don't, if you don't got it, you can get it. Uh, you can receive this same power just like they just like everybody else in here can testify of. 
And we can read in the Bible of where this power comes from. And it comes from our submission, our obedience to the word of God. And if we will obey, the Lord will fill us. The Lord will fill you if you will obey his word. Peter said, such as I have. Here's the truth God has given the church things to release. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Everybody say, I have that. I have it. Okay? Release it. You have it? Release it. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, this isn't every man in the world. This is every person in the church. Every Holy Ghost filled, blood bought, Jesus' name, child of God. There is this gift, this manifestation given. And it's to profit. It's to profit everyone. Verse 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. We ought to be praying. We ought to be praying that God would use us in these gifts, that these gifts would not only be something that we hear about and we know about, but that they would be something that is released through our lives, right? The church needs this. The church needs the operation of the gifts of the Spirit We need the fruit of the Spirit, but we also need the gifts of the Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh at one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Every man. Every man. Somebody say, that's me. It's not just a couple people on my row. It's everybody on my row. You all believe this? Every, every man. For as the body is one, hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Say, that's me. And then, that's you. Tap somebody on the shoulder. Say, that's you. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Once you look at somebody and say, it's okay to be the foot. We need you. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not of the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? Say, we need the ears and the eyes. 
If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Verse 18, you see what's happening here. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased them. You've been placed in the kingdom for such a time as this as it has pleased the Lord because he's got something for you to do and it's powerful and there will be manifestation and there will be a release if you can just get to a place where you let that gift begin to release from your life. Moving down to verse 28. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. And this is Paul making making a a point to say, just because there's somebody that doesn't have a certain gift, you can't rule them out, you can't count them out, because their gift is powerful for the body, and God has given it to every person, every person within the body. Your gift is for me, and my gift is for you and we need those gifts to be released if everybody would show up and release what they've been given could you imagine what would happen in our churches it wouldn't just be a few people it would be the entire body of Christ releasing the works of the spirit through their lives bringing about real edification oh we need the release of We need to keep pushing forward and marching into the dimensions that God has available for the church of the living God because he wants to release something into this hour. Listen, God called you. He called you to release something in this hour. He called you to release something. And we've got to get a hold of this. If I can if I can put myself around other people who are prayer warriors, you know what's going to happen? It's going to rub off on me. I'm going to receive that spirit. And you know what? I'm going to be able to release that in my life. You know, if, I, if, I, if I'm around somebody that's used in the gifts of the spirit, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be impartation. Because such as I have, give I unto thee. You know what we need? We need people who have gifts to release it release it so somebody else can receive it and then they can release it I know this is foreign to a lot of people because there have been There have been people through the years that have ran such a tight ship that they wouldn't let anybody do anything until they had a bunch of baggage in their life. I I thought about this. Why, why, why Why do people wait until somebody is 25, 30 years old, has a bunch of baggage in their life? To minister. I had a conversation with Brother Bourne and I told him about the wonderful 
the wonderful thing that happened in our children when we come back when we come back from junior camp and we and I, I released them to go pray pray for people and what God did in that service was absolutely powerful and you know what we got to do we got to keep doing it I want to apologize for not for not doing that for not sticking to that because we need to do it. We need to release these children to pray. We need to release these children to pray, right? Because they don't have the baggage. They don't have the hurts, habits, and hang-ups. All they have is childlike faith. And we need to let them operate in that childlike faith so one day they can grow up and do what only we wish we could. Oh, but now we've got baggage. Sometimes the baggage is too heavy for us. To release anything. We spend our battles fighting the thing that we have allowed to come into our life. When we should be releasing the things that we have. I really want to lose our children. I believe 2024 is going to be a wonderful year. We haven't started talking about that yet, but I just I just believe that God is going to do great things in this assembly. He's going to do great things in our children. I believe God has already deposited gifts and callings into our children. And what we're going to do is we're going to release them to release the gift. Maybe to be the childlike faith that sets this church on fire. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. This is Paul leading into the more excellent way, which is love. What if love was what if love was releasing what we have, not what we don't have? Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple and, and they stopped. They stopped at the one they passed by all the time. Maybe it was other times that they said, ah, we don't have anything to give today. We don't have anything to give. What if love is saying, I don't have money to give, but I've got something else to give. And you release something that you have, not what you don't have. And we're like, well, I can't help so-and-so. I don't, I don't have anything to help them with. Well, things are tight right now. But I've got the power of the Holy Ghost. And I've got the love of God, which is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. The Holy Ghost gives us a love to release, gives us a love to operate by. And if we can operate in that love and covet the best gifts, we will have things to release in the moment of need. Let's stand.
If you can somehow visualize what the Lord wants to do in the remainder of this year and in the coming year that's quickly approaching us. And if we're not careful, we can fall into the same patterns that we have carried from year to year. But this year, I want something different. Because the Lord has opened up my understanding and He has given me a vision and He's given you a vision and He's given you the understanding of what you have and given you the go-ahead and the authority to release what you have. Before you know it, what we're going to actually see in this place is we're going to see more. We're going to see more evidence on this altar of the power of God. We're going to see more evidence on this altar of what has been released into the atmosphere. Oh, if Sister Vesta Mangan can get up and preach about prayer and the spirit of prayer would be released into the house that would, that would rest upon everyone in that building, don't you believe that if you have a gift that you can release that gift and it will impact the atmosphere? I want you to throw your hands up to heaven. And I want you to receive these words. The Lord has given you the power to release things into the atmosphere that would bring about real life transformation. He's given you a gift. He's given you a calling. He's given you authority. And He's given you the ability to speak it. And here it is. If you say it, He will back it up. If you release it, He will follow through with it. If you're really submitted to the Lord and walking in the Spirit, then your desires are His desires. And what you release, He will do. Are we His people? We are His people. We are ambassadors. We are His hands and feet on this earth. We are instruments of righteousness because we have yielded to Him. And He will use those instruments such as I have. I release it. Come on, we're going to see canes. We're going to see canes on the altar. We're going to see we're going to see wheelchairs. We're going to see people getting up out of wheelchairs. We're going to see the blinded eyes open. Why? Because we're going to be a church that releases what the what the living God has imparted, what the living God has given. If you believe it and you receive it, why don't you respond to it? Why don't you respond to the word of the Lord? there's going to be people receiving the gifts of the Holy Ghost in Bible studies while Peter yet spake they were all filled with the Holy Ghost come on get a vision for it get a vision for it 
See it happening from the from the hand of God. See it happening from His Spirit uh, being released through your life and His will being accomplished. If I can serve, get it into your spirit. If I can serve, I can receive. If I can serve, I can receive. If I can make myself available to serve and be faithful, I can receive. I can receive. I can receive. I can receive. And then I can release. And then I can release. And then I can release. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve to the best of my ability. I'm going to be faithful with everything that I have. I'm going to wake up and fight this flesh. And I'm going to, I'm going to strive to get into the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to do my best to break through the barriers of complacency. Oh, and this whole world trying to hold me down. Oh, I'm not of this world. I'm going to pray until I step into the next dimension. I'm going to pray until I enter into that dimension of prayer and worship, of communion with the Lord. Why don't you receive it right now? Receive that vision. Receive that desire. Receive the instruction of the Lord tonight. We're going to get a hold of the will of God in this hour and we are going to see great things greater things than we've ever seen before because now we recognize what God is calling us to release it in your life Release it in your life. Such as I have, give I unto thee.
Pastor, that's just not who I am. That's just not my my personality. I just I just can't do that. I I don't have that to give. But listen, don't you believe that what Acts one and eight uh, declares uh, that ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and it's not just power to have power it's the power to be a witness it's a power to speak it's a power to release yes you're right you might not have the personality but that's the old you the new you has been baptized it's been clothed with power from on high to be a witness to do what you could not do in your flesh so if the only thing that we see is what we can't do then the Holy Ghost power hasn't been activated yet because Holy Ghost power will cause you to see things that you couldn't see in yourself I'll give you an example for this for the skeptics tonight Brother Sleva he's my mentor you've heard me talk about him before they got a book about him the making of a the making of a soul winner because he is a soul winner he's been used powerfully but to hear him say that he's really an extrovert yeah sorry Thanks. He's an introvert. He said he's an introvert, naturally. Like, that's his personality, is an introvert. But something happens when the Spirit says go. He's no longer introverted. He becomes extroverted. And he actually does the thing that makes him feel uncomfortable. Why? Because he has Holy Ghost And it's not just him, right? We've all agreed tonight that we've got the same Holy Ghost, right? So if if I'm finding something lacking in my personality, I I could be right about that. But listen, it's not my personality that God is calling us to release. He's calling us to release the Holy Ghost and power. He's calling on us to release fire. And that's why we've got to have the Holy Ghost. We've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Would you see something that the Lord says, go, that the Holy Ghost says, let's do it. 
He begins to speak to you to do things that you'd normally shy away from. But the Holy Ghost and fire and power drives you to that confrontation with yourself. Do you hear me tonight? When I, go, when I go like this and say, no, we can't do it, Jesus, i got to pray that the Holy Ghost would break the barriers of my personality and cause me to be driven by the power that He has imparted into my life. We can go from introvert to extrovert by the power of the Holy Clap your hands. Amen. I love and appreciate y'all. I've got a couple remi- uh, reminders for this weekend. If you're registered for the Be His Conference, uh, it's a conference for the young ladies. That's this Saturday. It starts at 10 a.m. at Greater Faith. Um, our ladies' Christmas craft night is coming up on November the 30th. It's a Thursday night here. And December the 9th is our church Christmas party. December the 17th is our Christmas program. No service on Christmas Eve. And this Sunday is our Thanksgiving service. It'll be our regular schedule, but you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an exciting service. Did you all hear that? So Friday night at 7 o'clock, there's a service in uh, Richmond. At uh, Do you know what the address is for that? Estill, Estill Avenue. Yeah, so if you want to go, Brother Bates will be preaching uh, Friday night. So, huh? All right. God bless you all, and we'll see you this weekend. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. You all are dismissed in Jesus' name.